There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Fangirl Zone. I am Sean Fangirl S and joining me today is Jess. And today we are talking Dirt Gently, episode 4, Watkins. Alright, so... Like, last episode, we were talking, and we I don't know how we failed to mention, because things were weird. Uh, Farrah had gotten something that was willed to her, but it was an envelope. And then what just said, had three, well, it's three questions, one answer. Because mm-hmm. it was three question mark, one. And it was weird. But it's a map, they end up finding a room, and they find the crank. Because the crank is important. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to figure out what the heck this is. What is this machine that they find in the mansion? Where all the maps leading? Right. Well, first, first, just the map. Yeah. Eventually, plural. <laughs> and then, yes, they find out that Spring was trying to do like an unlimited energy machine, and it's supposed to help all these people. Which it turns out, it's kind of epicentered around where Todd lives. Right. He buried a giant power grid. Below Springboro. Springboro. Yeah. And that kind of brings us into this episode. And Amanda is, like, really excited because they come and they're talking about it. And she's like, oh, I can help because I know maps. It's like, how does she know all this with the maps? They never explain that because everyone else is looking at this map and saying nothing. And she looks at it and immediately is like, okay, these are streets. These are water lines. This is your electrical grid. Like... Like, I don't understand how she knew so much. Right. Because they never said she's going to school for, like, city planning or urban planning or anything like that. But she takes one look at it and has no problem deciphering it. And every single other person, including Farrah, who has, who was, like, trying to get into the FBI and clearly, you know, has some street smarts, no idea. Right. She should know something. Mm-hmm. But she helps out. It's part of the speedy game. Mm-hmm. So they end up going off to try to figure out where the heck this is, and they run across a building, which looks like it's just kind of nondescript. It's like in a park, and it's all fenced off. It's just a plain brick building, and I mean, we've seen stuff like this. And it's, it's like very small, every, by the way. Like, it's incredibly small. It's like at every power, like next to like a power grid or mm-hmm. something. It's weird. And now I'm thinking maybe it all has weird stuff underneath. Who knows? Because they decided to jump the fence, and I just love it because Dirk's like, help me. He's really bad at trying to find fences. Horrible. He's so awkward. I love how awkward he is. Oh, yeah. It's the best. Um, he gets over and and then Todd goes over and he's talking to Farah and they're back and forth. And, and around this little building, there goes Dirk trying to find out what happened. And there's a hole in the wall. Mm-hmm. And Dirk immediately is like, oh, I can obviously put the crank in there. How do you know these things? Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. He's put, he's... Well, you know what, and this is the thing, is that if, is that with enough information and with a, with a little bit of, like, thinking, eventually a normal person would connect that. Like, maybe, oh, well, let me try this. Like, this door needs a key. I happen to have a key right here. You know, but with his idea that everything is connected, 
he's assuming already that, that the, the universe has already given him exactly what he needs. Oh, uh, so he's just ahead of us. To find what his next clue, right? I okay. mean, so that's my thought, is that he's he's just completely in absolute confidence that he already has every single thing he needs for this moment. And then he'll find what he needs for five minutes from now. That's true. And I also failed to mention, in the room, he ended up finding a light bulb that as soon as he put it in his hand, it just lit up. The Everbulb, he called it. The Everbulb. Which I thought that was kind of cool, It's very cute. No, I think that's a brilliant idea. Like, a, it, it actually reminded me very much of Petrocrophis, where he's like, uh, you know, the ever-glowing lamp, and one of the, the like, teachers is actually obsessed with finding an ever-burning lamp. He's like, it's not a glowing. He's like, a burning. Like, an ever-burning fire, but a lamp. And I was like, oh... Never this is brilliant. It, it, was, it was interesting. But, of course, you know, Dirk puts the crank in and down Dirk goes into a hole. And I love, at one point he said, I shouldn't be left unsupervised. Which is so true. So true. It was he's, so funny. He should, he's too little to be left out on his own. Yes. Like, he can't go out by himself alone in the dark. It's terrifying. He is oh, kind of naive, but funny. They're both, yeah, you know, we talked about this a little bit in our last podcast about how very similar Dirk presents to uh, Bart. Bart, and Bart is so, like, wonderfully naive and completely, like, everything is unknown to her. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is new and interesting and, like, full of wonderment, and he's just like, oh, I just fell into a giant, like, room full of nothingness and I found a bulb. Let's <laughs> go. Come on, Todd. Come on, Todd. No, really, Come on. <laughs> But I do love, too, because Todd is, like, obviously following. Well, wait. How did he end up in there? Because I thought they were both standing there while he was uh, fooling around with the crank, and then it dropped and they both fell? I thought. But he has the crank with him. So I don't know. I don't remember how he ended up in there, though. Oh, maybe he's got the crank in his hand and, like, tries to open it again, and it... Oh, yeah, you know what? I think you're right. And then he's got the crank in his hand. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's the... Because if we're trying to figure out, it's like, okay... Farrah's like, I'm not coming with you. I'll try to figure out how to get out of here, but... Right, someone needs to make sure that you can get out of the building with no exit. Right. Which... I, hate, I hate to be too pragmatic over here, but, like, let's let's think about real-world real applications. You need to have a door to exit. Farrah, at least, was smart enough to not go and stand there. Because she's on the phone with Amanda, and, and Todd's like, don't tell him in the hole. She's like, he's in a hole. He told me I have to tell you, because you'll worry. Um, that is the exact opposite of what he just said. Right. Precisely. <laughs> but some people just don't listen. But now it's done. And, and she's calling because suddenly there's an FBI agent at the door. Creepily. The broken door. And that FBI agent was just by the police officers. Asking for information about Farrah. And nobody noticed that he looked like the walking dead basically his eyes are all red and terrifying and, and he was acting very strange it was very weird i don't know i, I, I would have thought hmm maybe we don't talk to him but apparently the cops were different so farah of course is like all right i'm gonna come and because don't he shouldn't be there don't open the door but todd has not fixed anything in this apartment mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not locking it's not closing no. it's like why would you not at least put, I don't know, a chain lock on or something? Or a chair in front of her. I know, it just seemed weird, but, well. That's where you're at. And then he's, he, then he's in there and he's, like, harassing her and it's creepy. Yes, because he keeps getting closer. It's like, all right, you need to back up. Well, and you're from, making me uncomfortable. Right, and from her, I mean, just thinking about it from her perspective, 
this is like really, this is almost like terrifying. You know, the way he's behaving is totally inappropriate and would, you know, never be, never actually happen in the real world. One would hope. Oh, yeah. But, never know. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but then Farrah comes kind of to the rescue and she's like, can I talk to you outside? And she's talking to the FBI guy and she's like, something's not right. Your gun isn't in the right place. It's un, what was it? Not booked in there, right? The safety's on and pulled it. There's, yeah, you're left-handed and it's on your right side and you're not, where's your partner? This is illegal. Everything you've just done is invalidated. And then he turns around and he's like, something's wrong with you. I, I knew it was happening. I thought you'd be helpful, but it's like you have a problem, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And he starts going and Paranoid. like backing her up. And she's like freaking out. Like, oh my God, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm not right for this and mm-hmm. yada, yada, blah, blah. And she starts doubting herself. But he leaves. He does end up leaving at least. Finally. Because I didn't understand. Like, we don't know anything about Farrah's background. We know mm-hmm. nothing about any of their backgrounds, really. But Right. Like, this seems, like, kind of important, because Farrah has not mentioned that she failed right. anything with, because it was FBI. Yeah, she was applying right? to the FBI and uh, didn't make it because of the psychological profile, because of the... Yeah, well, that's what he said. towards paranoia. And we're assuming he's right, because she looked very, very, like, uncomfortable and really upset when he said it. So I'm thinking, you know... Yeah. That he's telling the truth. He was reading files. So. Which is weird because any of the other ones who have been switched, because um, we've body switched or soul mm-hmm. switched, he was switched with one of the bald guys who seemed like really simple. And it's like this guy, the FBI guy was almost still in there because he was like pulling out terms and stuff that kind of surprised me. Right. So it was weird. I don't know. That's kind of where we left them because Farah's like, all right, I'm not leaving you. We'll figure it out. Your brother will be here soon enough. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. But we have Gordon Rimmer, who decides to go to a bar. Just it, I don't know. Nothing's random because it's all connected. But right. he goes to meet a girl, Sammy, which we find out was Lux Dejure's girlfriend. Right. Which is Gordon Rimmer, but missile body switch, blah, blah, blah. You know this. Mm-hmm. And he gives her a coat, which was... Lux's coat, just like, you want to find out answers, come with me. And, I mean, we don't get a whole lot else from them. Not really until... Um, they end up back at the, weird the body zoo. Swapping. Yeah, the weird body swapping place. I don't even know what... It, yeah, but it's like part of the zoo. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, he's like, no, trust me, you'll understand everything. I'll explain this. And by explain this, he means he's going to explain it to all of his friends how he no longer cares about that life that he was so upset to lose, and he'll prove it by killing her with the Because she guitar. was the most important person, and that was really messed up. No, it was totally messed up. And it was really, really interesting, though. Like, sh- this chick's been there two times. Like, we've seen her face twice. Right. And so they brought her back just to kill her, which is kind of crappy. But, but for any character, but, you know, whatever. And uh, out of nowhere, he's... Do you remember what I said to you? When I die, you die. And I'm dead. It's weird. It was weird. I, I, yeah, I don't get it. And I'm glad I wasn't the only, only one who thought that putting that guitar on her face was a very phallic reference. Like, I thought that was really creepy and disgusting. And get your guitar off my face, you creep. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. But that's pretty much where it ends for them. I mean, we bounce around, obviously, because that's what we do. Well, sometimes we're sure not even, like, in the right place at the right time, but that's us. So we're back with Dirk and Todd mm-hmm. and the Everbold. He ends up pulling out. 
He's like, hey, look at it. No, it's powered by me. Ooh, what's this? All right, he's like a little kid. He's the doctor. I'm, I'm like a hundred percent like because how, how much can you, can you actually hear him saying in your head? This is weird. Let's go poke it with a stick. Right. It is the doctor. It is brilliant. I love it. Or the doctor is him. I mean, I don't know how much of the Eleventh Doctor was inspired by Douglas Adams. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that way because he did write this a long time ago. Well, they end up going in a room. Maybe it's a nice, maybe it's not. Oh, here, look it. There's a bunch of light bulbs everywhere. On all the walls. Okay, that's kind of cool. Wait, they're all lit up. Wait, they're all getting closer. Oh my gosh, what do we do? And they end up, Todd finds that there's a bulb miss, no, a bulb burnt out. Yes. So he unscrews it and the other bulb isn't working. And he's like, wait, maybe it's not a light bulb because it's already lit up. Maybe it's It's a doorknob. Oh, a doorknob. So he turns it and boom, they fall into another room. Mm -hmm. Almost dying. Almost nearly escaping their own deaths. Yes. So, I mean, that works. But then they're in a weird room that has... Oh, no, they're in tunnels again. And then they find another room. Because, of course, Dirk just wanders. It's like this weird amount of tunnels and booby traps. It just... I didn't understand it. Why there was all these booby traps. Because if Spring... Needed to get in and out of this place. Well, I mean, he would know. Well, yeah, but I mean, if he essentially is sending them, why are you doing it where they could die? I think I think that the traps were meant to discourage anyone but them. But my other thought is, if he's getting in and out of these traps, there is a trap where it's almost impossible to not. You need two people. I'm thinking specifically That's the rhino true. head, unless Patrick Spring has incredibly long arms, and he didn't. Really flexible. I don't know. He's using a leg and an arm. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because, yes, they end up in a room that has a rhino sculpture mm-hmm. and a horn on the wall. And I can't remember what it said. It said you have to join them together. And they're like, oh, what's this? And, of course, of course, Dirk touches something. And they get shocked. It looks serious, too. It doesn't look like it's right, just like a their little, like... clothes are, like, on fire. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's just like a little, ooh, ooh, I touched the, I touched the socket. No, it looked like they got shocked. Yeah, well, when they have to strip down because their clothes are on fire, it's probably a bad, bad yeah, thing. seems problematic somehow. And somehow, Todd figures, okay, we need to do, like, a current uh, electrical circuit. Yes, close the circuit. So Todd grabs a horn, and he's like, Dirk, give me your hand. And Dirk's like, I don't know if I want to touch you. Right. But eventually, yes, they hold hands, and one holding the horn, one holding the, the bust, and then it works, and the door opens. And they end up in... Another room. I know you're surprised. Yeah. But this room has a bunch of computer screens. Right. Which, again, when this stuff is all being built, I mean... Well, he's... They, how he, old is this? Well, he did go back in time, like, only 15 years ago, remember, just and just set everything up. We're pretty sure about this. So know. maybe... Was, so, or maybe he, like, adjusted it as time went on. But, yes, there are a ton of screens. They all have different, like, photos... And somehow Dirk's able to figure it out, and it's all because of what was written on Farrah's envelope. Yes. Three questions, one answer. Mm-hmm. And how all these a things bunch of numbers and he, and he are connected. It's like and that. there was one other thing. A, a, wait, a cat and a shark? Yes. And he doesn't, I don't think he even knows exactly why he chooses that. Like, at this point, it doesn't seem like it makes any sense. Although, eventually, of course, everything is illuminated. But And then even, uh, I mean... Todd is us in a situation where he's like, what is actually happening? How the crap did you know it was three and one? Like, what does that, what does that right. even mean? What does three questions, one answer mean? I don't understand. And no one understands. Nobody knows. That's because no one understands. 
Um, and we're, we go back. They're in there trying to figure out what's going on. And, like, all of a sudden, stuff starts smoking and mm-hmm. on fire. And then Amanda's like, I think I'm having another episode. And Farrah's like, why? And she goes, I smell smoke. She's like, no, I smell it, too. And then they look, and they see it, like, coming out. Of, it looked like coming out of the sewer or something. Mm-hmm. And they go down into the basement and try to figure it out. Well, there's a wall. It's not going to help. Mm-hmm. And in comes rushing the Rowdy 3 again. Mm-hmm. And this is when I know I was tweeting. I'm like, okay, I don't know. Are they supposed to be, like, chaotic good? What are they? I don't understand what they chaotic are. neutral. We've seen uh, them help and hurt people. It's weird. But they end up pulling Dirk out and, again, do the weird soul-sucking thing. They stop the fire. But then, for whatever reason, and again... I am confused with this, and I don't feel they explained it. Amanda goes in the room, and she's, like, hits a button, and all the computer screens come off, and all of a sudden she knows, like, oh, it's a map, and she figures it out. How? Yeah. How is she able to do this? Somebody needs to tell me. Well, and isn't it the same? The, okay, so it was it was a third map, wasn't it? it? There was a map, then there was another map, and then she finds that's the third one? Because it it's all three this episode. Three maps... Three, the Rowdy Three, obviously, four, <laughs> and uh, the three questions, one answer. Right. And the three questions, one answer corresponded to the, the machines, too, right? It's the... Well, the map does. The, yeah. the map that Amanda ends up being able to pull up, which covers every screen, which, I mean... Super impressive. Who the heck remembers all of it? It's not like they're, they got a printer down there. They're printing up a whole map. But somehow they the map, and, well, that was that. No, I, no, but no, specifically I'm thinking about the machines themselves that they're, the, the soul switcher and then the unlimited energy machine are, there's another one too though, isn't there? Maybe I'm wrong. No. Hmm. No, but they're trying to figure out why it is all connected. Maybe. And that's about it. That's about it this episode. Mm-hmm. The craziness and insanity that is Dirk Gently. All right, so... If you want to find us, go to www.fangirlzone.com and go to the contacts page because that's everything because I keep screwing this up. So it's a lot easier just to go there. We want your emails. Jess will read your fanfic. If you want, we'll we'll, look at your fan art. We'll post it if you want us to. We'll link to it or however you prefer. So just let us know. But for this episode, episode four of Dirk Gently, I am Sean Fangirl S. And Jess. And until next time.